Hey listeners, welcome to our second podcast of Sassholes. This podcast is going to be surrounding pricing, pricing strategies, how to, how to price a product or a bundle solution. In our first episode, we had some great content, but unfortunately we had some technical issues because my Wi-Fi went in and out and Pete sounded like he was 10 feet away from his microphone. What? What? Uh, I guess this is the era of uh, COVID and the fact that we have to do everything virtually and uh, we're our own tech staff and we're not good at that, but we're, we're getting better. So we thought we'd try again with very low expectations. Our expectations today is my Wi-Fi doesn't give out and Pete sounds like he's actually in the room where he's talking. What? <laughs> anyway, this podcast is called Sassholes. Uh, we had some people ask, what is Sassholes? Well, Sass, for those that don't know, is software as a service, which typically means cloud solutions, which also means software. Uh, so when you hear that word SaaS, it's, it's uh, synonymous with both cloud and software. Uh, and since we're assholes, we thought we, why not put them together? Explicit. Yes. My name is Jamie Carney. Um, I've been an asshole my entire life and spent well over two decades involved in this ass type environment. I do have a financial background. Not a lot of people know that. Um, and I've also run global product teams, interactive marketing, sales teams, technical integration teams, uh, sales operations, and oversaw a global data analytics team for, at one point, one of the top 20 most trafficked sites in the U.S. I've launched a few side business and sit on, uh, sit on some small business boards and do a lot of consulting. My co-host is Pete. Pete, I would love for you to give an intro, um, and why don't you just give a quick recap of yourself and your background? Hi, hi y'all. 20 plus years of making mistakes in sales and leadership, ma mainly on the internet. Um, did a tour of duty uh, managing a bar, did a tour selling Nextel, did a tour door knocking selling Yellow Pages, but thank God for the internet coming along. I'm pretty good at starting uh, from scratch, from zero, and build, building up um, teams, divisions, uh, business units, um, and uh, been, been kind of fortunate to see the uh, the transformation of sales over the years from a transactional model to a subscription model, and I can't I can't wait to uh, get into the to, to the weeds with y'all. Well, that's great. Now, Pete, um, why don't we start off? I mean, you're the ultimate sasshole in this uh, uh, podcast, and I know a couple of the uh, segments we wanted to introduce in our second podcast was leader of the day. We wanted to give some positivity and a shout out to somebody that we know. Uh, I think it's like a leader, leader you should know. Leader, leader you should know. know. That's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Okay. So leader you should know, as well as, you know, we want to give some light in here. Uh, people don't know, when Pete and I usually get in a room, we just sort of talk nonsensically about a bunch of things. So Pete thought he'd bring his joke of the day into uh, the equation. So Pete, a, joke, you, a joke you should know. A joke you should know. So those are the two. So Pete, I'm going to give those both to you this time. So why don't you give us a leader you should know and a joke you should know. All right. Well, it doesn't sound good if you say leader than, than the joke. But, but anyways, I think a good leader that you should know is none other, none other than Rosemary Hafner, Chief People Officer at SPINS. Good do you know Rosemary? I do. Do you know, do you know Rosemary, Jane? I know a lot of people over there at Spins are a lot of good people and are doing a lot of good stuff. So this is a shout out. Look look at our profile. Very impressive. Um, how long have we known her? 
15 started, years? Yeah, she was probably 15 years. She started a year after I was. Years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and uh, she had a pretty rough uh, being a chief people officer with us around. But yeah. uh, but anyways, Rosemary, good peeps. Shout out to everybody over at Spins. Uh, maybe we get Rosemary to come on sometime. Yeah. You get some right. Okay. Are you so sure you're ready for Now for your joke, you should know. Joke, you should know. Jamie, it's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. Continue. All right. Okay. Now, um, one area that, you know, I said at the beginning of the show we're going to talk about today is pricing. Pricing and pricing strategy. This is a loaded question. It's going to take much longer than 20 to 30 minutes uh, to really dive deep into this. And, and every company has its unique issues. Um, if you need more discussion about it just hit either pete or i up uh, on linkedin i'm jamie carney once again and pete jansen's you can find us on linkedin um, and just hit us up there and we can go into more in depth about any of the issues that you may be facing but before we get to the meat of the podcast i feel like we need to do some business first by hearing from our sponsor neuro noodle uh, get a doodle of your noodle today at neuro noodle if you suffer from adhd anxiety concussion protocol and many other mental health issues you should consider a treatment like neurofeedback. Mental health is a huge focus with COVID, especially with children who may be not able to grasp this virus. I have witnessed firsthand my children suffered through pan panic attacks and have uh, have had been using this service with amazing results. Like I said, in errors like today, this pandemic, mental health has to be a priority. Try neurofeedback by visiting neuronoodle.com. That's a great sponsor there, Jamie. Yeah. Now back to the, we do love that sponsor, by the way. So let's, let's make sure our listeners hit up that. Uh, a, lot, a lot of clicks, a lot of clicks. A lot of clicks. Uh, now back to the show about pricing. Pete, before we get started um, on pricing, any general thoughts, quick thoughts on pricing? I know nothing's quick when it comes to pricing, but any general thoughts you have? I think, well, I think a couple of terms we got to throw out there, uh, cost to acquire a new client and lifetime value of a client. I think that's a, yeah, I think those, those are very important in terms of a cost pricing model, a cost plus pricing model, um, which is typically what you know, your baseline should be on how much it costs to build the product, but not look at how much it costs to build the product historically. How much does it cost to incrementally add a new person or a new client to this? And how much does it, and, and that includes uh, the acquisition costs and, the, and, and then the lifetime value. Uh, how much how how much cost is going to go into maintaining that relationship and how long do they stay around? So if it's like That's a subscription right. pricing, right? And, and then uh, don't forget churn. Yeah, you always got to factor churn, and I think that comes into place with the lifetime uh, value. You should have a component right. in your lifetime value that incorporates churn, um, and those are all that's that's the cost plus model. So when you have one product, a lot of people sit there and say it took me five years to develop this product, um, and they try to recoup all that five years into the product that they're selling this year. Um, that's more of a sunk cost pricing model. Uh, what's done in the past is done in the past. It's really, what does the market allow you to do? And then how much does it cost to add one, two, 10, 100? When do you start getting economies of scale? And, and so I think that's, that's where the cost plus model comes into play. And we, we're gonna dive into that like right now, um, when you have like one product um, you know, uh, there's a lot of books out there. Pete, I know you've read a lot of books on pricing. Um, 
And, and yeah, I, go ahead. Well, I think, well, real quick, I, I really like, um, oh, the, this dude over at DePaul. Uh, let's see. Pricing strategy, setting price levels, managing price discounts, and establishing price structures from uh, 01. Um, let's see here. He's out of DePaul, Tom Smith, uh, real, real, really great guy. Um, if you want to get in, into uh, studying it more, but um, you know, to, to break it down to, to, to brass tacks, I mean, wh what are you selling? You know, how unique, how different is what you're selling compared to, you know, what the competitors have out there, right? Yeah. If it's a com commodity, you know, if it's gasoline, right? You know, mm -hmm. you got price and then who's delivering the service. So, um, you know, what, when I had my, my sales reps, I, I would always uh, talk to them about break-even selling, meaning that, you know, if the customer or the client have you in their life, what would it look like? And if they did have you in, in their life, what would it look like? Did you make them money, save them money, right? So if they use your service, what are the, po what, what are the positive effects, right? And does that outweigh whatever you're charging for the product? Yeah, right? and I think that's I think that's a key point there. Um, in terms of pricing, whatever you're replacing them them not doing something or them using their current solution, you you need to be priced in a way, especially if you're brand new in the marketplace. Let's say you're developing some new product, you need to understand what are they paying today for their current solution, even though you're new solution that has no market ability on the marketplace um, might save them a ton of money change is a huge problem for every company especially when it's not their core business you might be solving something but it's not their core business uh, hiring people is a huge problem a uh, huge issue for a lot of companies um, but if you're selling them uh, you know a, 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 a new bathroom cleaner that's not what they're looking for but you might be able to give them a bathroom cleaner better than somebody else but what you need to do is then price it below to make it more aggressive for them to change. You need to incentivize change in those manners. But you also always need to figure out what happens if they don't buy. Um, how much are they going to lose out? And then you you can't sit there and say, well, they're going to they're going to lose out on a hundred thousand dollars, so the price is a hundred thousand dollars. There is a change component to that, Pete. So it's got to be they're going to it's going to cost them a hundred thousand dollars to stay. So maybe I price it at ninety thousand dollars because I got to give them a reward for changing. Well, I think that. The question you ask the client is, "How much profit do you want to make off yeah. of this deal?" And, oh yeah, and then and then get into the numbers. I think a lot of people are scared to get into the numbers, and you know they swallow really hard when asked what the what the price is. And you know you can't you can't give the price to figure out what the what the value is. Yeah, right. So, so, so and that, you know, to add to that pandemic right now, you know, a lot of customers sit there and say, "Well, I, I could save a lot of money, but what am I saving in the short term?" This might be a long-term fix. What is a short-term? That's something we're dealing with today, and a lot of companies that we could save them. You know, it's a company I'm working with now. We could save them millions and millions of dollars, but it might take them six months to a year to start seeing that. And um, you know, everyone's into the short term right now. And, and, uh, Jamie, yeah, Jamie, there's there's two reasons why buyers don't buy. They don't understand the offer, or they aren't sufficiently disturbed, right? Yeah. So. If it's a commodity, how are you going to disturb them, right? You have to make it unique to dis disturb, the, 
disturb them, to show them what life would be without without you, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and then another thing is, you know, the ability to pay versus the willingness to pay. Those are two separate issues. Yeah, yeah so, I like that. I like that a lot. So, so getting back to price, I mean, it really starts with you, you really have to understand the person's business to make a proposition that will show that they'll, they'll be better off, right? Yeah. And if you're going to sell on price, then everybody's going to sell on price. Then eventually everything's free. And you can't you can't run a business on on free. Not yes and no. If you're if you have a bundled solution, you could go into one market that's a commoditized market as a loss leader and just sell that, knowing that you have the other portion of the bundle that's more expensive and high profit. So you might go into that law you know the loss leader type of mentality. I'm going to basically give this away because I can make up the returns on the other stuff that they're going to do with me after I get that relationship. Well, getting back to what I, I just said on, you know, reasons why they don't buy, they don't understand the offer. Mm-hmm. Think what, what happens with a lot of companies is they start with one product, then they have a new feature and they add it on and they bolt it on and they charge something extra for it. Yeah. Then they get another feature and they bolt it on and they bolt it on. So instead of selling the entire experience, you're selling a Franken- Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, the people, you know, the clients get confused and you know what they say, I, I don't have time for this. I'm going to move on. How can you improve my life? Quite simply, how much per month? What can you do for me? What's my profit? And then let me go about my day. Yeah. And that gets into the bundled solutions, right? So bundled solutions, I would always recommend, uh, you know, good, better, best type of pricing. But the biggest thing, I think the key that you hit there, Pete, was features are bolted on. And uh, that's what happens in today's economy. Either you build something organically and you bolt it on to your current product set, or you buy a company that has a feature and you bolt that on to a product set. Now, bolt it, like you said, Frankenstein. I think that's a great analogy. Companies don't spend a lot of time trying to integrate these so that they seem as one seamless product. Instead, they try to go for the quick hit, bolt it on, and then sell that that bundled solution when it really isn't bundled. It's more of I'm selling you two solutions and under one brand name and one login maybe, but the solution is not bundled. And I think that comes into play a lot for the good, better, best strategy. If you really adhere to it, and if you don't know what the good, better, best, it's basically three pricing models. Instead of putting one price out there and discounting the crap out of it, overselling it and and some people buying at that rate card good better breast is you come up with three different pricing models with different features added to each of those pricing models and you try to get you know 10 to 15 percent to buy the cheapest 10 to 15 percent to buy the best and the rest you know the 80 to 70 percent by the middle um and that allows you to sort of have three different prices for three different buyers for three different non-disruptive buyers versus the ones that are very disruptive to lean back to yours and then your your tech team, if you really if you really adhere to this, you should focus purely on integration, all the features, so that you deliver the same solution to every three of those um, customers, so that if they want to upgrade, it's a it's a flip of a switch rather than an entire new delivery. What's your well, uh, well, if I you know can it's say, a bundled solution. I know well, it's not very complicated. I know we can. Depending on the time of day and who's listening to this, you can have, you know, a dozen different ways to slice this thing up. Yeah. But but I think if 
you can simplify the offer, right? You, you gave out th three, three different solutions. You know, that's three different choices. Just look at the iPhone, right? I'm going to charge you 50 bucks to be able to surf the web. I'm going to charge you 75 to use the music and so forth, right? Versus, uh -huh. you know, having the one price for, for it all. You know, I think bundling comes in. I mean, number one rule is when you take all the, all the bolts and you add them together, you have to have a lower price than if they buy it separately, right? Yeah. And I think bundling, number one, simplifies it. And then number two, there's certain features that aren't worth as much to somebody as somebody else. But you're, trying, but you're trying to hedge it where, well, maybe it's not worth 1000 to them, but it's worth 250 And then on the other person, they're willing to pay the 1000 right? So together you have twelve fifty versus a thousand alone, and that just comes down to you know what is the solution that 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 you're selling. So you're talking about three three different um, price levels. I think it's almost like three different separate product offerings. It is. It, it is. You know, like, yeah. What I was saying is yeah. the good. The good is the stripped down. Hey, I don't really feel like you've just like to leverage back to what you said. I don't really feel that you've disrupted my life enough for me to value your offering, but you still want to get them in the door. You've invested some time here. You want to get them in the door. You want to have uh, not a freemium. I don't really care for freemium. You know, I think one of our uh, former leaders would always say, uh, I could turn $10 into a hundred faster. I could turn $0 into 10. Um, and, and I don't care for the freemium model as much unless your product is just amazing. Um, and I know everyone thinks their product is amazing, but I do think you need to have a stripped down version that sort of teases them on what they could get if they upgraded. And if you price it out correctly, like I said, about 10 to 15% should fit in that no matter what, either through poor sales, uh, value selling, or just, um, you're not hitting them at the right time. You gotta, you know, there's a timing game here. You gotta, you know, what do you always say to some little blind squirrel? Um, you know, you got to have these these reps always looking under every single rock because uh, they might. Well, well, getting back to the reps, I mean, getting back to pricing, I mean, there's a certain price you can do the, you can sell the product for. Do you need a rep? Right. Yeah. If, if the if the product was valuable enough and you priced it correctly or at at a level, it would technically sell itself, right? Agreed. So. So that's where marketing comes into play. I mean, you can throw up a billboard and wait for the phone to ring, right? Or you can pay an outbound rep to go out there and acquire the new business. And that gets back to, um, I don't think we talked about it yet, is you know pricing on uh, current customers versus uh, new, new logo acquisition. Yeah, so the, the, I think that's, that's a good segue. So pricing on, on current customers, you know, if you, no matter what, at one point or another, you were in, some of your products were in beta and you were giving away beta pricing, which means it's another way of just saying, I have zero price discipline and just get whatever you can. Um, but over time, your prices have probably gone up while the customers have gone up slightly, if not at all. Um, and, and depending on how rigid your price discipline is, um, I know, I've had experience at a company where uh, the pricing discipline was so extreme that one customer was paying, you know, 
one twentieth of what another customer was paying for the same solution in the same industry. And so when you're dealing with those deltas, your goal should be, and it could take you a couple of years to fix this, your goal should be adding price discipline, but not uh, not killing every customer in your in your in your uh, in your uh, client base you want to bring that bunch well, together you want to statistically well, I think bring that what's together. again you can ask 10 different people and give you 10 different ratios i mean to to keep a cus to keep a customer current customer is worth five to ten times as much as a new customer yes a new customer is you know five to ten times more expensive than a current customer right and a, and a win back is in between there right right right, right. It's, it's in between so if you're going to go out there with a with a discounting strategy, and your current customers are looking at that, you better you better take that in, into mind, right? I mean, yeah. you 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 have to keep the current current clients happy, and then you have to you know bring the new ones in. There's got to be a happy medium for yeah, them. and that, that's what I'm saying. I think the only time you're firm on your discounting is you you want to bring the bottom ten the people that are paying the least for the uh, uh, and probably getting the most value because you've got to take into account performance too. If somebody's paying the least and they're not really using your service, let them be. But if somebody's using your service tremendously, they're 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 sponging all of your value out and they're not paying enough. Those are the bottom. Those are the the, the easiest ones to attack. You can play hardball with them because they'll be disruptive if you turn them off. And so you want to bring those people up. And then the people that are paying too much, the people that are not really using the service but paying twenty times more than the the next person, you want to go in there and give them more. And 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 uh, and give away product just to keep them happy because sooner or later, somebody's going to come knocking and they're going to steal that business right from under you. Um, and it might not be today, but it's when that new person comes in that says, "You're paying what for this? We are paying X for that." Um, well, that's something you got to look at with price too. I mean, yeah, the higher you higher you make the price, the longer it's going to take to sell, right? The sales cycle. Mm -hmm. So that's something that should you know when, when you're going out to market, you should look at that. Hey, we reduced the price by ten percent. You know, the top line we're taking in less money, but we were able to sell a lot more, so the gross number went up. Yeah, and we were able to keep somebody who was probably going to leave. Right. We were trying to say. So you want to you want to like really be lenient on the top the people that are paying too much. You want to be a little bit hard on the people that are paying way too little, but those people that are paying way too little, it has to be ingrained in their system that they're using this, and those are the people you can play hardball with. And, and if you're healthy, if you're not suffering as a company, it's a great time to do it. If you're suffering as a company, though, you know, other companies know they smell blood. <laughs> no matter what you say, they're going to be like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not budging on this price," and they know you're desperate. Uh, and Client, clients smell desperation. Yeah. And they smell laziness. Yeah. So if you're desperate and it, you haven't done your homework to figure out how you can make this client some money you know forget it go on go on to the next one yeah how, how, how are we doing on time mr carney i think i think we're close to wrapping up our our second episode here um we're trying to keep these to 20 30 minutes long um so i think you know if you have any other questions uh about price i can go into statistical modeling um more in depth on the good better press uh there's a good great article by the harvard business review that goes over the attributes needed to measure good, better, best, cost plus modeling. Um, you know, I think Pete, you've got some good points on the that uh, you're not from a sales standpoint. You're not disrupting uh, enough if you're not able to sell it. 
Um, but if you have any of those questions, you know, uh, hit us up on LinkedIn, make comments on the podcast, whatever you can, um, as we're trying to incorporate as much of this as possible. And then again, that book was Pricing Strategy uh, from Tim J. Smith, nice, nice Chicago guy out of DePaul. Yes, I actually have that book. Yeah, so I think I, I think you actually you. gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, Chunk. yes, I have it still, so hey, I didn't give it back to you. Hey, hey, Jamie, what, yeah. uh, what are our email addresses? Uh, yeah, well, it's jamie at fastholes.net, N-E-T, and pete at fastholes.net. That's two A's. That's two A's. That's two A's. So F-A-A-S-H-O-L-E-S dot N-E-T. That put me on the spot. I guess, you know, with this COVID stuff, I'm going to have to be a teacher with my wife. i got to get my spelling back and grammar back into in order. All right, so I think that's uh, it for episode two. Hopefully, um, our low expectations. Less, le- we're, we're less worse. We're less worse. That's all we're trying to do is be less worse. We will talk to you guys um, in a future episode, and that we're trying to do one or two a week. So hopefully, we'll hear Here, from you guys. Here, here's some closing music. <laughs>